0: Before we're seated, we have to acknowledge the fact that as that song just declared and as we were singing it to the Lord, that we would not have had the victories that we have won. We would not have come through the valleys and the tests and the trials that we have encountered if it had not been for God every step of the way, every step of the way making a way when there wasn't a way. He would open doors that were not even there. Create opportunities. We've come a long way, Inspire Church, from where we started 70, actually 69 years ago. Someone's home is a prayer meeting. And now God has blessed us and this is our time to celebrate the achievement of victories won and battles fought and sacrifices that have been made but all of it would have been purposeless if it had not been for him I want you to lift your hands with me and let's give him the highest praise we worship you, we magnify you, we give you honor, we give you glory we praise you we praise you Amen. And good morning, Inspire Church. How are you today? Woo! God bless you, and you may be seated. We're so happy that you're here to be with us, our very first services in this building. I heard someone say it years ago, and I've never forgotten it. They said even a turtle knows it had some help when he finds himself resting on top of a fence post. Amen. We didn't get here by ourselves. We got here because of God's goodness. It's been overwhelming today. The parking situation has been chaotic. That's a mild term. It's been beyond that. We're working on that immediately. We didn't anticipate this kind of crowd just immediately. First service, it was unbelievable. And now this service, well, that's what it looked like in the first service, parking all up and down the exits and... Uh, I I apologize I should have been able I, I, I need to get me another crystal ball <laughs> Amen <laughs> Throw the one I had away It didn't work very well Forgive us for that We'll have that fixed by next Sunday I promise you We're making arrangements Because next Sunday is Easter And if we had a problem today Imagine then Amen And I especially wanna thank you, all of the members of Inspire Church, without your faithfulness and your sacrifice, none of this, none of it would have been made possible, but you stayed right in there with us. Thank you so much. Give yourself an applause of appreciation. Amen. And I want you to high five somebody right now and say, we're here, would you do that? We're here. We also welcome our first-time attendees, and I trust that you'll like it so much here that you will make this your home, too. So I'm going to say by faith, welcome to your Inspire Church family. Amen. Amen. We have a lot happening over the next several weeks. The building is still being finished. We're not completed yet. So if you walk through the building, you're going to find a few flaws. I mean, that's normal in the construction process. Uh, We are here we're able to have church, but you'll see all these orange dots everywhere. Please don't remove those <laughs> because that's where they got to go back and fix something. And we'll have to go back and put some more orange dots. But, but our builders have done such a great job and been so kind and easy to work with. We appreciate them. Bill Palmer, Dwayne, uh, thank you. Uh, if you like the decorating, I got to say this, because usually that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars you know how much it costs to get all of our decorating design? Zero. Because of the, the, the decorating committee. One of those is Mandy standing right over here on this side of the stage. My daughter and others. Everything you see, they put it together and did such an incredible job. I, I, I really appreciate it. My, da- my daughter couldn't even be here today because of a, a commitment with kids that had to be in New Orleans of all places, I, I did everything I could from threatening her to, you know, pray that it would rain on her or something, and she couldn't get out of the commitment, but, but uh, the people of this church have really stepped up to the plate. I thank you. I also, just briefly, because we only have one first Sunday in this building, I want to just tell you that uh, the people that have meant so much to me during the year, some of them are here. Uh, Kenneth Morgan is in the building somewhere. And I'm not even sure where. He's one of my very oldest friends on this planet. And uh, used to pastor Law, Mississippi. And he's living somewhere in Conroe, I think now. And I saw him this morning. My heart was overwhelmed. And then uh, I was raised at a little church in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And uh, there were times we had what, 27, 28 in Sunday school. I'm serious. I remember those days. Pastor E.P. Wilkins You know people make a deposit in your life Along the way And then later on you look back You don't realize it at the time But you got to where you are Because of the help someone else gave you Amen And then E.P. Wilkins' son John Wilkins came to pastor And two of his sons Are in this service this morning And it's just I want to say thank you to everybody That has helped me along the way Thank you is there anybody else that just wants to say thank you because you got some help too? Amen. We give God praise. Don't forget next Sunday, Easter Resurrection Sunday. And then let me personally invite everyone. It's going to be, it's going to be chaotic. The building will be jammed to capacity. We know that. We're creating parking options between now and next Sunday. And we have to have them also Uh, in place, especially for the dedication of this building, mark it on your calendar, 6 p.m., May 5th, and we have Dr. John Maxwell, who is going to be speaking. He is one of the greatest speakers you will ever hear in your life, and we will be celebrating our past, our present, and our future, and when I tell you you better get here early, I I literally mean that, that evening, because he is so very well-known. In the corporate world, but also I've been with him at his church when he pastored in in uh, San Diego, California. Uh, he left there. I never know why because he used to say even after the rapture, saints in San Diego would want to go home on the weekends. It was such a great place, and San Diego was pretty near perfect. But he left, moved to Atlanta, now works in training leaders all around the world. Extremely well known and also continues to speak and be active in ministry, he is going to be here with us. A final announcement. Last Sunday, we gave you cards, and on one side, it had memories, and on the other, dreams. And we ask you to fill out the memories of what God did for you in our old building. And then on the flip side, under dreams, fill out the dreams you want to see God make come to pass in your life as we step into our promised land here. And uh, we ask you to bring those. If you have them ready, there are receptacles at either side of the guest booth as you exit. Drop them in there. Ushers are going through and they're passing out others. If you need one, raise your hand. They'll give you one and uh, they'll make sure you get that. Bring them back if you would like. If you wanna hold on to them a little bit, make sure you got everything you wanted covered. Bring them back the Sunday after Easter. You know why? We're going to take those out of the the collection boxes there and also those that you bring. We're going to put them on this platform and we're going to do two things. We're going to give God thanks for the victories and then we're going to pray and intercede over the dreams. Amen. God makes dreams come to pass. How many of you know that? One more time, give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Well, we've broken this building in right today. And in John chapter 11, I read one verse, and then I'll go to Luke. The story I'm going to tell you is actually found in all four of the synoptic gospels, which in itself is unusual. I might preach a few minutes longer because we had to wait a little longer to get started, but I'm not going to preach long. And uh, so many people had problems exiting that we couldn't even start on time today. Again, Forgive us, we'll get that corrected. John 11, and the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. This is the week before the Passover. Luke 19, when he had said this, that is Jesus, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, and it came to pass when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to them, because the Lord hath need of it. I want you to notice there was some preparation before the Passover, okay? That's what we're doing. Sound lights. Temperature, just we're going to get it all worked out, but I can' relate to the need for preparation for the Passover, parking. And so Jesus sends these two guys to look for a cold, and the Bible says that whenever they came, that those who were sent found just as He had said to them, and as they were loosing the cold, the owners of it said, "Why are you loosing the cold?" And they said, "The Lord." hath need of him. Oh yeah, that makes it okay, right? Okay, go ahead. You can, uh, there, There's so much humor in scripture that you just read over. Now, if this was your car and you walked out in the mall parking lot and somebody was getting in your car and about to drive off, and you said, what are you doing? They said, the Lord hath need of it. <laughs> Security? <laughs> Help us out here. But strangely, these people allowed them to take the colt. Then they brought him to Jesus. They threw their own clothes on the colt. And they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Is there anybody that wants to praise God with a loud voice for the mighty things he has done for you? (laughs) Hallelujah to the Lamb. Saying, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. I want to speak this morning from this subject, the triumphal entry, past, present, and future. Father, would you do what only you can do today? As we come to this glorious day of celebration, I'm asking that you would first receive our praise, accept it as an offering from our hearts. Our gratitude is being real and genuine. We're humbled by what you've done because to you belongs the glory and the honor. But do what only you can do and open our hearts to receive a word from you because contained within your word are the life transforming principles that cause us to find life more abundantly, the life you designed that we should live. Now ask it for your glory and everybody shouted and said, Amen. Amen. The triumphal entry past, present and future. We celebrate this morning, this extraordinary day, because it is a day that is significant for all of mankind. And it's important for a number of reasons. First, and I would actually be remiss if I didn't say this, this day is important because it is the Lord's day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The Lord's day, Exodus 28. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Just as our Lord has decreed, he deserves praise from us. If he never does another thing for me, I don't know about you, but he's been so good to me that for the rest of my life, I will not live long enough to say thank you the way he deserves to be thanked. Amen. And so it's no problem for me to go to his house the one day that he has asked that I set aside. After all, I've got out of that rest of the week another 166 and a half hours where I can go do what I choose. But on Sunday, Sunday morning, you know where you're going to find me? You're going to find me in the house of God. And that's because the Sabbath law is actually one of God's divine laws. We get this all wrong. We talk about, we think commandments, are you do this, or... But actually, the laws of God are keys. And they open up things in your life that when you align yourself with them, Will not happen unless you do align yourself to those principles When you go to church on the Sabbath You create the opportunity for miracles to happen during the rest of your week You don't even know it but you're sitting here today And you're lining up miracles to happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Friday and Saturday Being present in God's house does that This day is also important for yet other reasons. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, as everyone knows. This is also known as Triumphal Entry Sunday. On this morning, almost 2,000 years ago, our Savior entered into Jerusalem, riding on that colt that I just talked about, as the conquering and victorious King of all kings. This week began with a preparation for the Passover, one of the single most important events in the Jewish calendar year. There were three feasts that they had to attend. They were required by law to attend. If you lived within 20 miles of Jerusalem, you had to go to the city of Jerusalem for this celebration. Not only that, but others who were devout would come from various nations wherever they were scattered abroad to observe the occasion of the Passover. Historians tell us that the population of Jerusalem at least tripled in the week before the Passover. Can you imagine? Tripled, at least tripled. Passover was to take place on Friday, but this was Sunday. And in preparation for the Passover, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, but he came by way of the town of Bethany where he had friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And he was staying with them and commuting Back and forth during the day into the city. This particular Passover week was going to be different than any that man had ever experienced in the history of Passover since Moses had given them the requirement to observe it. Zechariah had prophesied 600 years before this day, rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. For over 600 years they had waited. For over 600 years they had looked to see when this would happen. I want you to hear what I'm going to say. God has his own sense of timing. God has his own sense of timing. It may not happen when you think that it ought to. But if God gives you a word, you hang on to it and do not let that word go. Did you hear what I said? Don't let it go. If you will hold on to that word, it will come to pass. Christ appeared on Palm Sunday, but it was also the 10th day of the month, Nisan. Not the car. (laughs) The Jewish month, Nisan. Amen. The 10th day of Nisan was significant in the Jewish calendar because that is when the Jewish people would go looking for their sacrificial lamb to be offered on Passover five days later. And while they're in the streets looking for their lamb, suddenly riding down the hill, the Mount of Olives, on the back of a, a donkey's coat, comes the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. God is so amazing. His timing is impeccable. Oh, they had looked for him, but now he is there. Hallelujah. We don't only celebrate because it's the Lord's day or because it was the day of Christ's triumphal entry. We also celebrate because this today is the beginning of the Holy Week. Out of the 52 weeks of the year, there's one week that is set aside that people turn their faces toward God. And beginning on Palm Sunday today, they begin to prepare their hearts. You know why? Because five days from now is the day that our Savior was crucified in our place. The Holy Week is the pivotal turning point in all of human history. Amen. That is why around the world people are celebrating in one form or other the beginning of the Holy Week. The four synoptic gospels place extraordinary emphasis on the Holy Week. Jesus lived about 33 years. His ministry was three and a half years long. But did you know in looking at our first text in John, that's the first verse we read that almost half the book Of John is dedicated to telling the events of the Holy Week. Bet you didn't know that. That two fifths of the Gospel of Matthew is about what happened during this week. Three fifths of the Gospel of Mark is about the Holy Week. The Gospel of Luke, one third of the book is devoted to describing what happened during this week, the week of Christ's Passion. In the four Gospels, there are 89 chapters, four of those chapters cover the first 30 years of his life, only four. 85 chapters deal with the last three years of his life, and 29 of those 85, over a third, are about his final week. Why does God place such extraordinary emphasis on the Holy Week? It's because we are supposed to begin our hearts in preparation. You see, the glorious reception that Jesus received 2,000 years ago belied the events that would happen during the course of that week. On Sunday, they're praising him. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Five days later, crucify him. Crucify him. Five days later, he suffered the ignominious defeat of a criminal crucified and made to die by the horrific death of crucifixion, the most barbaric form of execution ever devised. He died on the cross. And some people think his death was a humiliating defeat. It wasn't. Wasn't. Don't you for a minute think Christ was defeated on that cross? Don't you think the Holy Week is about loss? It's not. It's about gain. It's about a victory won. Somebody ought to give God some praise in this place. Can somebody give God some worship? Because this is the week we set aside to remember what he did for us. Next Sunday we'll gather to celebrate his resurrection because there was no tomb that could hold him down. No grave that could contain him. And if you have him living on the inside, to quote the words of an old, old song, ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. When that trumpet sounds, I'm coming out of there, and so are you. But make no mistake, the gospel message is not just about pie in the sky when you die in the sweet by and by. You can have something sound on the ground while you're still around. Did you know that? The gospel is about how you live with victory in your life. And so we talk about the triumphal entry and the Lord's day and the Holy Week. That's a triumphal entry as it relates to the past. What are the triumphal entries as it relates to the future? Amen. As if all those things were not caused enough for celebration and they are an ending celebration in fact today by some strange twist of God's grace is our triumphal entry into our promised land Like Christ appearing on that specific day, the 10th of Nisan, wasn't by accident, neither is it by accident that we moved in this particular Sunday. You call it coincidence. You call it happenstance. Call it what you will. But I believe that it was God who arranged for us to have our first service this Sunday. Yes, I do. We had seven different projected dates of completion and we watched as each one of those went by because of unexpected delays. And the first date we could move in was today. Don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of timing. Don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. Somewhere in heaven God is laughing and saying today is the day of your triumphal entry. Inspired Church, we made it. I thank you for your sacrifices. This Sunday marks and represents a gigantic shift for us because we didn't get here by ourselves and every single person under the covering of this church. I want you to know that when we got here, something shifted for us, but because you're covered by this church, something has shifted in your life too. You may not even know the story. When we bought this property years ago, there was not a thing out here. There wasn't even a beltway out here. People even question our sanity for buying out here. We bought, and then the year we bought, boom, it suddenly exploded, kept on growing. There's not hardly anything left out this way anymore. Amen. You know, we got to go in 2009. We actually turned the first dirt. We did. We actually broke ground. And then right after that, the economy tanked. Anybody remember that? People lost houses, had homes foreclosed on. I prayed I could not in good conscience continue this building program. I shut it down. You know why? How are you going to build a building like this when your people don't even know where they're going to sleep at night? I couldn't be that heartless. We shut it down. Some folk outside in the community began to criticize our leadership What are you doing shutting it down? And you know how people can talk because there are people out there that have been wounded. You know what I did? I just kept on smiling. I'd go to bed at night and I'd say, Lord, this is not my church. I don't have any nail prints in my hands. This is your church. I'm going to sleep. I'll see you in the morning. Amen. Amen. And then we got started again. And I tell you all of that for this reason. I want you to know we learned a principle in this process. Are you ready? Remember this principle as long as you live. Delayed is not denied. I said delayed is not denied. I'm going to say it again. When God makes a promise, delayed is not. Give God a praise break, somebody. Give God some worship. Hallelujah. Did you know today is also the day that the great revival on Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California began? Began this day in 1906. Tell me, God doesn't have a sense of humor and a sense of planning. There's destiny connected to this church in this house. Yes, there is. That's the triumphal entry as it relates to the present. But there's also the triumphal entry as it relates to the future. Because Christ was on a mission when he left Bethany. We have a mission too. First, the triumphal entry in the Holy Week. Remember this, is a story of sacrifice. Christ became the sacrificial Passover lamb, but there were other sacrifices along the way too that you might overlook. Here's one of them. You two guys, go into the city over there and you're gonna find a tied. and I want you to walk up and unloose him and bring him to me. And if anybody asks what you're doing, just simply say, the Lord hath need of him. This is Texas, honey. You're not going to do that. Amen. Amen. They went over, untied the colt, and sure enough, somebody said, what are you doing? They said, the Lord hath needed him." I want to put it in context. That colt was a car. That was somebody's transportation. And like I said, if you were to walk outside after being in the mall, shopping in Macy's, and somebody's getting in your car, and you said, what are you doing? Well, the Lord hath need of him. You wouldn't do what these guys did. They said, "Okay, cool. Go ahead and take it." You'd be cre- screaming, "Police! Help!" Amen. You know what I'm talking about? I watched in this this as we built this building as people gave cars away. I'm not making that up. They gave automobiles away. They gave houses to the church to be sold for this building to exist. They gave stocks. They gave money. They would give retirement. Like those two men gave their car away, that donkey. People in this building gave until they bled. I can't thank you enough. You have humbled me as your pastor. You have brought me to my knees. I have wept because you have touched me so deeply. Amen. Amen. We entered into something that has changed our future. Secondly, not only was that day and that week a time of sacrifice, the people literally experienced a breakthrough, a new breakthrough in worship. Is Have you ever needed a breakthrough in worship? Am I talking to somebody you're stuck in a rut right now? Am I talking to somebody you need to get out of that rut and touch God again? You need the fire to be kindled once more. You need the Holy Ghost to set you on fire for God. The experience to breakthrough in worship. And here's why that is important. Some things will never be accessed unless you do worship. There are some things that will always be just beyond your reach. Unless you can get lost in the spirit. Hello, somebody. Paul and Silas worshipped. And at the midnight hour, the jail doors swung open. It was when Jehoshaphat and Judah worshipped that their enemy became confounded and was defeated. There's some things you just can't reach until you worship. Worship clears a path through spiritual resistance straight to the throne of God. Why do I say they experienced a breakthrough in their worship? Because people looked up that day and when they saw him coming, they stripped branches off trees. They took off their cloaks, their coats, laid them in the road and they began to cry these words, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna in Hebrew, Yashana, na, ya, na, ya, ya, which means, please, I beg you, save us, O Lord. They recognized He was the Lord. When you get in the spirit of worship, you see who He really is. You may be facing problems right now. Get lost in worship and you're going to see he's king of kings and Lord of lords. What you don't know, and I need to tell you this, is where I'm standing right now, directly under this platform. They dug a hole before they laid the foundation. There's a Bible under my feet right now. This church is going to forever stand on some things. We're going to be a worshiping church. We're going to be a Bible believing church. Come on, give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Yashaana Yah, Hosanna. Yashaana Yah. Make them be quiet, Lord. The Pharisees sternly demanded. What are you doing? Letting these people cry like this. And Jesus said, if these hold their peace, I tell you that the stones will immediately cry out. When your time has come, all of nature begins to work together to bring you to where you are. Demons can't stop you. Hello, somebody. You step into your moment. Do you hear me? I'm talking to somebody in this house right now whose time has come. You step into the middle of what God is calling you to do. Step into the middle of it. Forgive me. I feel like going old school right now. Oh, hallelujah. And like it always does, Breakthroughs in worship in public Always begin in private Because you see Before they started crying that out In the streets of Jerusalem Jesus was in the house Of Mary, Martha and Lazarus When the Bible said in John 12 Mary took a pound of very costly oil Of spikenard Anointed the feet of Jesus Wiped his feet with her hair And it says this The house was filled Say it The house Come on one more time The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. The fragrant offering of her oil, her devotion filled the room because of a principle we all learned in school. Say this word with me, diffusion, say it. One more time, diffusion. One more time, diffusion. You know what happens if you open a bottle of expensive perfume, and you leave the top off, guess what? The molecules begin to escape from the bottle. You go back a day later, there's nothing left in that bottle. But boy, the room sure does smell good. You know why? Because the molecules of perfume join with the molecules of the atmosphere. Molecule of atmosphere, molecule of perfume. Molecule of atmosphere, molecule of perfume. When you worship, you feel the atmosphere, hello somebody, with praise. It changes the room that you're in. It'll change your family. It'll change your life. It'll change your kids if you just worship. It'll change your building. It'll change everything about you. Your business will be changed. Thirdly, there was something else that occurred. It was not just revelation. and It was not just breakthroughs in worship. But a new revelational understanding. Not just sacrifice, rather. Not just sacrifice, not just breakthroughs in worship, but a breakthrough in revelational understanding occurred. You see, that's what happens when you really step into worship. You see things that you cannot see until you get in the spirit. Mm. Oh Lord have mercy. Do I wish I had time to talk about that? John was on the Isle of Patmos when he got in the spirit on the Lord's day. You can be on a prison island. You can be half dead. If you can get in the spirit, God will show you things that will change your life. How do I know that they had a breakthrough in Revelation? Because they cried, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For the first time, they understood who he was. He wasn't just rabbi or rabboni. He wasn't just master They now recognized him. It wasn't just Mary's son. He wasn't just the brother of James. And now they put it together. My God, what Zachariah said would happen is happening and I'm alive to watch it. And they began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If for only a few days that week, Christ wasn't just the carpenter's son. They saw who he really was. I want to tell you something in closing. All you need for God to turn your life around is to let you see through the eyes of the Spirit. And open your eyes. You may be in the darkest, most dismal place you've ever been in your life. You don't feel like worshiping. You don't even feel like being in the house of God. You don't feel like you've got a thing to be thankful for. You're saying triumphal entering nothing. I don't have anything that I feel like I'm triumphing over. You get in the spirit. I'm thinking of Hagar. She's running from Abraham's house. She's got her son Ishmael. They're in the desert. They've run out of water. They're dying. She puts the boy under a shrub and walks off and says, Let me not see the death of my son. And when she walks off and sits down and waits for them both to die, an angel shows up and said, wait a minute, Hagar, look. And God opened her eyes and there was a whale right there. This is a prophetic word for somebody in this house. You're about to find a whale in the middle of your desert. I said, you're about to find a whale. Give God a praise break right now, somebody in this house. Woo! You think you're dying. You think your marriage is dying. You think your kids don't have a future. You're about to discover a whale. And finally, that week, they found a new level. They witnessed a new level of authority. The meek and lowly Savior, on Sunday, on Monday, plaited a whip and walked into the temple and began to beat money changers. People say you're not ever supposed to sell anything in church for that very reason. That's not what it was. If you understand the history, because it was the week of preparation, you had all these guys that came that were opportunists and they set up and they began to sell the sacrificial lambs. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, after all, if you brought him from way miles away, he's so bedraggled and You know half sick by the time you get him to Jerusalem He's not worth offering as a sacrifice And so the law permitted them to take money and exchange it In return for the lamb when they got to Jerusalem But here's the problem They charged exorbitant rates Three times the value of the lamb And Jesus said I'm dealing with some corruption today I'm getting rid of the devil in my house you're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm chasing the devil out of my house today. I'm chasing the, oh, I'm not talking about getting rid of people, but devil, there's the door. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more. So i closed close by saying this is not only Palm Sunday. We not only emphasize the triumphal entry of the past or the present, But this is our triumphal entry into a future where we're going to know by sacrifice breakthroughs in worship. Tell somebody I'm getting ready to have a breakthrough in worship. Would you do that? Tell somebody you're getting ready to have a breakthrough. Hold on, it may seem like a long time, but delayed is not denied. Don and Carolyn Smith, delayed is not denied. We stood together. Thank you to you as a symbol of everybody else that's been so committed during these years. We are there. I want our ushers to come now or those who are serving communion, the communion ministry, I should say. And they're gonna pass out the trays of communion. We're gonna do this as expeditiously as possible. We're gonna baptize this building today by having communion, okay? I don't mean we're gonna baptize the floor by pouring out communion juice. Hopefully that won't happen. We're gonna just baptize this building by going back to the cross and celebrating the Lord's death that's going to occur this Friday. You know, I'll say this while they're passing out communion service. We've got a a great building What do you think of the the AVL? That's the the audio, the video, the lights, isn't it? It's killer, isn't it? They tell us that we've got one of the best sound systems in the city. We have to work through it. If it's a little bit too loud for a little bit, just, just give us, we're working through all these details. Just give us a little moment. But you can't have something like this and not celebrate Good Friday next year. We got to have something in the house of God to commemorate the day he was crucified. There, go ahead, guys. I'm, I'm waiting on y'all. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's, amen. When I call you forward, if you don't mind, just please go ahead. You don't need to wait on the further signal. But that, 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 that way we can get through this and not hold our dear people any longer than we need to. So they're passing out communion right now. And as you take communion today... I want you to step into the middle of this river that is flowing, that Inspire Church is in. Four principles that have kept us inspired enough to get to where we are. You listening while they pass out the communion service? Number one, you see all this? We knew we should build it. We knew we should. City of Houston needs churches that have the authority and the power address the spirits behind the problems the city faces and our authority and our power comes out of our relationship with God in other words this city needs churches that know God we knew we should we knew we were supposed to sacrifice give and number two we knew we could we knew great effort was required to get here it wasn't going to be easy and it hasn't been Great sacrifice has been necessary, but by God's grace, here we are. But we not only knew we should and knew we could, we knew He would. He would help us. Because this isn't our church, it's not our our idea, it's not my vision, it is His. This church began 69 years ago in a house in East Houston where there was a lady that we called Granny Bean, Bernice Bean, began a prayer meeting. She was the first pastor. Her son, Verbal, was the second. Tragically killed in an automobile accident. Bonnie and Rodney Free became pastors next. I am the fourth pastor this church has had and I'm getting ready to enter my 31st year here. I want to thank you so much for being with us but you know the one thing that has stood out to me in all this is we knew he would help us Psalms 127 and 1 unless the Lord build the house they labor in vain. say it in vain. you can roll up your shirt sleeves and you can work until you're sweating bullets but unless the Lord build the house we couldn't have done it without him And fourthly, one of the other guiding principles is that we know they will. That's the community. We know they'll come. Look at how many are here today. We know they'll come. This community needs an encounter with God. This city does. God's call is upon this city. Revival is coming to this community. Revival is coming to this community. Revival is coming to this I feel the Holy Spirit forgive me. I am so excited. I can't contain myself. Revival is coming to this community. First Corinthians 11. I like to read from there. At least tell the story that Paul told. He said that. He was going to share with him the same thing that he had received of the Lord Jesus the night in which he was betrayed and when he had given thanks could someone bring me a communion? I think they overlooked that. Someone can get one to me. I'd appreciate it. Amen Thank you sir Thank you Jesse And he took the bread and he broke it for just a moment, would you stand with us? He broke it. So this is my body which is broken for you. Broken for me. Broken for me. Oh, what a savior. That he could love us that much. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just overwhelmed today. If I could sing, I would sing down from his glory. Everlasting story. Our God and Savior came. And Jesus was his name he took our sins upon himself this is my body that's broken for you I want you to know what God did for you, I want you to know what Christ did I want you to know the sacrifice that he paid for you ladies and gentlemen the body of Christ you may take it. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We don't know so much about covenants anymore. I told Brother Morgan, who is here, great pastor for many years in Laurel, Mississippi and other places. That I told him, I want you to forgive me. I've been so busy during the years that we kind of lost touch. I tell my friends that if I don't see you for ten years, I love you as much the next time I see you as I did the last time we were together. And I sincerely mean that. I do. But you know what? Though I haven't seen some of the names of some of these people whose names I've called for many years If they were to pick up the phone and I were to be in Africa or wherever I might be or home Doing whatever if they were to say, I need you right now I mean this with all of my heart, you know what I'd do? I'd stop what I'm doing and get on a plane and I would be right where they're at Because when you make friends, you make them for a lifetime And when you enter into covenant, it's a lifetime deal it was with God. And you see this right here? This is the cup of the blood that he shed to be in covenant with me. You can't escape. You'll never get away from it. Imperfections and all, you can't run so fast you can outrun the love of the God that we serve. Ladies and gentlemen, the blood of Christ, you may drink it.